Welcome back into the Illini cast. I'm your host, Austin Berklin, alongside Sonny Verma. And Sonny, I understand yesterday was a big day for you. Happy belated birthday from myself and the rest of the Illini cast nation. So happy birthday. Appreciate it, Austin. Yeah, turned uh, the big 4-0 yesterday. And, uh, you know, I'm. they say that you feel 40 once you turn 40, and I feel 50 right now. I don't know. It's My voice is still <laughs> gone. I feel sore all over, but, uh, you know, powering through. Yeah, I'm 29, so I'm going to hit the big 3-0 in February, and that's going to be a really, really weird feeling. So any awesome. advice as you exit the 30s? Any advice for somebody entering their 30s? First off, 20, I got pimples older than you, so don't don't worry, don't worry about your age. Um, secondly, no, you know, it, it, I heard like a, a saying way back when that 20, at 20 – you're trying to impress other in your twenties. You're trying to impress other people in thirty. Uh, in your thirties, you're only in trying to impress the people in your life. And in your forties, you realize that you don't got to impress anybody. So I think I think you know it's just I'm getting older too. I'm kind of at that point where you know I'm kind of content with my circle and just kind of focused on all these you know several little projects that we're working on and uh, you know. Got a beautiful wife, uh, two wonderful kids, a wife who's completely supportive. So it's like, you know, what can I complain about? I mean, the value system is probably what changes from the early 20s to the late 20s. And I can't imagine the value changes from the 30s into the 40s. And when you start getting like family and and kids and everything involved. I will say uh, this upcoming weekend, I will be celebrating my 40th in Las Vegas. So if any of the Illini fans who listen to this live in that area, please let me know. Uh, let's have a beer or a shot or a bunch of both together. What is your Vegas move? Is it gambling? Is it drinking? Is it going to the club? What is what is your Vegas move? Well, again, this is also a different 20s, 30s, and 40s thing, right? 20s, absolutely. I was up all night. Uh, wherever the crowd was taking me, I'd follow them. Now I basically go every year. I usually go uh, for conference tournament weekend, the week before March Madness, essentially, every year. And I stay at this place called Westgate. Westgate's got the most incredible uh, sports book that you're going to find. It's just off the strip, but it's amazing. It's uh, I, You can see me, you know, I can sit down at 8 in the morning, you know, bet on some English Premier League soccer games. And, you know, because you're on West Coast time, you're talking about like that, you know, well, back in the day, Pac-12 games being on till 10, 11 o'clock at night. So now I'm more of a gambler. Um, Friday night, I'm going to the Vegas Knights hockey game. So that, you know, that should be a a fun experience. But uh, yeah, overall, looking forward to it. You know, it'll be nice just to kind of get away and reset and, uh, you know, just have some fun with the boys. Absolutely. And speaking of resetting, The Illinois basketball team needs a little bit of a reset after a great uh, road trip weekend where they beat Rutgers, where they beat FAU in Madison Square Garden, but they fell in Knoxville, Tennessee to the Tennessee Volunteers, 86 to 79 on Saturday. And the offense of Marcus Tomask and Terrence Shannon Jr. just couldn't really get going in the second half and the rebounding kind of stopped for the Illini. Do you think this is more of a blip or is this something of a bigger concern uh, for you, Sonny? Um, I mean, those factors in particular, uh, I think I'm very concerned about. But in the grand scheme of this game, um, 
I think we played competitively and, you know, I actually jotted down notes on the game and I had more things that I liked about this game than I didn't like. So overall, you know, the spread was anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half. We lost by seven. I think we kind of played, you know, just kind of true to form. You know, I think we didn't go down in the Ken Palm or anything. Like we basically stayed right where we're at because we, the expected outcome of that game against Tennessee um, happened. Yeah. I mean, you look at this Tennessee Volunteers team and Dalton Connect is just an unbelievable player. He was seven for 14 from the field, two for five from the three point line, had 21 points on the night. And these are the kind of matchups that are going to help you win these kind of games in March because you're seeing a guy like Dalton Connect um, where he's going to do whatever he wants. You saw the screen action that led Dalton Connect open for a lot of mid-range jumpers, and Illinois kind of had no answer for some of those motions that Rick Barnes' team drew up, and I think this is a really good test for the Illini um, in, before the March uh, comes around for the tournament because that was a raucous environment. That was a Illinois team who was kind of struggling from behind the field, and they still only lost by seven points. It very well could have been a much worse situation, but you did have guys step up like Quincy Garrier uh, come in and and do some really nice things. So I got to leave that game pretty optimistic. You wanted more from a guy like Marcus Tomasco, but you can't complain too much after a 33-point outing against the number 11 team in the country at that point. So... I really have nothing but major positives from this three-game road trip. These kind of games will happen. I predicted a five-point loss, so it, it really was in the realm of expectations of what this game uh, kind of boiled down to. I mean, I think you nailed it. Like, this is a game where this was what the atmosphere is going to be like in March. You know, uh, in a raucous stadium, the crowd was all into it. Um, the referees, you know, let's just say, you know, they didn't have their best game. Uh, in that second half, which I'm sure we're going to talk about um, later. But, you know, it, it's just one of those where, you know, yeah, we're, I still have questions and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, about Damask and he, is he that second guy? I'm, I'm genuinely curious now that what happens if Tennessee just gave everyone the blueprint on how to beat Illinois and that's to basically collapse on Terrence Shannon, make sure, don't give him that opportunity to put his head down, drive the lane and score buckets do we have someone else that's going to be able to step up? Obviously, Damask did uh, two games ago, so I'm not counting him out by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know if I'm ready to you use Penn to slot him in either as that second spot. It's it's you know just one of those where we're going to have lingering questions um, moving forward. But I mean, this Tennessee game was you know the second toughest uh, that I had earmarked uh, in our out of conference schedule. You know, and I, let's be honest, like last year's team gets blown out on Saturday. Yep. You know, last year's team gets intimidated by the crowd. All of a sudden they're out of it. Uh, we probably would have lost that game by 20 plus points. This this team, we were down 14, 15 points halfway through the second and they just kept grinding. You know, we never could ultimately make it back. But, you know, I it's nice that I don't have to question the fight on this team because uh, I couldn't say the same for the, uh, the teams of years past. I mean, finding that second option, like Quincy Garrier, 22 points on the night, but I, I think an under an under 
talked about storyline from this game is kind of Coleman Hawkins. I mean, he had 12 points, yes, but he was three for 10 from beyond the three-point line. I, I don't know what kind of realm that Brad Underwood wants him shooting 10 three-pointers in a game whenever he's not on one of those like heat check moments kind of games. So I'd love to see a little bit more action of him driving to the lane because I think that's going to be how he makes it to the NBA anyway. It's not going to be because of his shooting ability. It's going to be because he's has some athleticism. He has some length and he can drive to the hole. That just didn't really happen. Four for 13 from the field goal line. So, I mean, that's three shots that were in front of the three-point line. That's not going to get it done for the Illini basketball team. And then the major elephant in the room, as always, is a guy by the name of Ty Rogers. The defense is there, but offensively, it's becoming a five-on-four game for the opponents with what Ty Rogers brings offensively. Um, there's not too much of that booty ball going on. I thought that was going to be one of the calling cards of his offense, but whenever you can't get that going, his shooting ability is not there, and quite frankly, he's kind of scared to take the shot at this moment. He just He's just got to develop a move. You know, he, he's got to develop a, a move that he feels comfortable in. He does it a couple times a game where he does kind of the Shannon, you know, just drive to the basket. And, you know, more often than not, he misses. But I at least I'm glad that he continues to attempt that. It means he's somewhat confident in it. I don't want that confidence to shake. But, you know, again, he was also three for four from the free throw line from in the Tennessee game. And I think he had a pretty decent free throw game uh, against uh, FAU as well. So it's like slowly but surely, maybe, you know, once he starts making some free throws, a little bit that confidence starts creeping in. And again, maybe I'm just being a little overly positive, you know, uh, like uh, your point about Coleman Hawkins. You know, if you told me that he shot 10 three-pointers, I would have guessed he made maybe one. I I'd still set the under over under at a half a three-pointer. Um. You know, scoring three, I, I think the whole team got very three-pointer happy in that second half. I don't think Tennessee was really allowing them to do much else be, besides that. And again, one of our Achilles, you know, not having a point guard to, you know, set up a proper offense. It, a lot of the times we just kind of take whatever offensive shot we can get. And against the really elite athletic teams like a Tennessee, um, when we have that open shot from three-point land the guys just launched it so i don't think it was just a coleman hawkins problem i think terrence shannon took a way too many three-pointers uh more than he should have in that second half he was but, one for six total yeah and I, again i think he was just getting frustrated that he really couldn't get much done uh, uh you know the entire game they bottled him up they switched they collapsed on him whenever he came to the rim so you know, I get your point on Ty Rogers and Coleman Hawkins, but, you know, despite all of that and our best player having, you know, his worst game of the season playing away in Knoxville against a team, in my opinion, on their best night can win the national championship to lose only by seven points. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this game. It is kind of interesting just looking at how Brad Underwood utilized his bench 
Uh, Justin Harmon had his 12 minutes. Luke Goody had 23 minutes. He had eight points, um, but he had seven rebounds as well. I mean, he was very vital on doing the little things uh, to help his team win or to help his team at least. But you look at these numbers, Dane Danger, four minutes off of the bench. Dre Gibbs Lahorn, one minute off of the bench. I mean, there's just not a lot of guys that Brad Underwood truly trusts at this moment other than the starting five and Luke Goody right now. It's kind of interesting to see. I know those numbers will change with foul trouble as uh, Big Ten officials sometimes are stricter in the early onset of the conference play, but it's going to be fascinating to see how Brad Underwood trusts the guys not named Terrence Shannon Jr. and to a certain extent, Marcus Domask. I think the next three games are going to be huge for Dame and uh, uh, Gibbs. It's, uh, you know, we just went through a really tough part of our schedule where we had three opportunities to get those quad one wins, which we know are really important to Brad because of the importance he sets on March. I think he just went with the guys he trusted. But, you know, against teams like, uh, you know, Colgate, uh, Farley Dickinson, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Missouri. I think now he'll kind of give other guys a little bit more run. Um, Dane is just my biggest question mark right now because when he has the ball, he's almost an automatic two points. But he's just an automatic deduction of two points as on the other side of the court. Mm-hmm. Um four minutes is tough. Like, you know, he's, he's such a weapon. He's one of the best inside scorers in the big 10. And, you know, I don't know if it is, it still conditioning or is it just simply, you know, him not uh, playing the defensive role correctly. But that's, I think one of the, my biggest disappointment here, you know, we're believe it or not, we're almost entering, you know, uh, one third of the season done. And uh, you know, I I'm shocked uh, at his role or how his lack of role. Um, the other freshmen, I think these games just mattered a little bit too much, and they're going to get a lot of run against, in particular, Colgate. Don't get me wrong, Colgate's a good team. I know we're going to talk about them later as well. But uh, this is the time to kind of, um, you know, he went with the guys he trusted, and now the, this next stretch is going to try to build trust in the other guys for the conference season. Yeah, I mean, you look at the turnover battle between Tennessee and the Illini, it was at nine. But you look at the rebounding battle, that's kind of the showcase of discipline uh, between two teams. Tennessee had 43 rebounds. Illinois had 34. So that rebounding battle was tough to witness in the second half. And I feel like Dane Danger could have helped with that. But again, defensively, whenever you have like a guy like Dalton Connect that can drive and that could cause so much havoc in the half court, uh, it didn't really allow Dane to stay on the court to to really do his thing because he was just going to be a defensive liability against Dalton. Yeah. And he, he just continues to be, you know, it's one of those where we're going to need him in the conference. Like, you know, it's tough. You know, we, we can trust Coleman Hawkins, you know, to do what he does. I still think when it comes to a value standpoint, he's probably the second most valuable player that's on our team for everything he provides on the defensive end also. But right now, you know, Gary A obviously had, he had his best game as an Illini last game, but we've seen what danger can do on the offensive end in last year. He, again, he, he can, he's got a very soft touch. 
He goes up at the rim. Um, he can get baskets. Can't hit free throws. You know, obviously that's going to be an issue, uh, uh, especially in particular at late in games. But I think if Illinois has aspirations to uh, challenge Purdue uh, for the Big Ten Conference, which, you know, it got a lot of talk in national media um, after that victory uh, in Madison Square Garden. I think we've got to find a role for Dane where, at minimum, he can play 15 minutes a game, just provide a, a, a scoring punch off the bench for a team that really doesn't have much scoring. You know, yeah, we are a very solid to good defensive team, but, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like outside Shannon, I never really know where the scoring is going to come from uh, on this team. And Dane's one of those guys who has the talent to give us buckets. And so I think that's going to be one of Brad's biggest tasks that he's got to undertake um, to see what the you know ceiling of this Illinois basketball team is once uh, Big Ten play starts. Absolutely need more than four minutes and two points from him. And he also had a personal foul in four minutes. So that's kind of uh, quick as well with only four minutes of play. Do you think this is the right starting lineup? Uh, do you think you can move Luke Goody where Ty Rogers is? I know that would hurt defensively, but I, I just feel like sometimes you need that spark offensively. And Luke Goody can at least bring that from behind the three-point line. I just, I liked what Luke Goody did against Tennessee. You know, he had, I think, four or five rebounds just in the first half. Um, mm -hmm. And really, if you swap Rodgers into the second unit, then who's going to score in that second unit? You know, I, I can't think of, like, who's going to get any buckets from there. So I think, you know, with Damask and Goody kind of playing, you know, at times together, but more so just kind of reacting each other, like when one's off the bench, uh, when one's on the bench, the other one's on the floor. I think that just works. I I keep things going. I um, mean, again, you know, it's up until now, we've had a pretty successful season. You know, uh, it, we've lost the two games that I thought we would lose to, uh, had us projected to lose to. And again, I think we competed very well in both losses. What I'm dreading, and, you know, I did a little Tennessee preview for this matchup um, early, at the end of last week. Uh, what I didn't want to see was like what happened in that Penn State game, which I remember in particular because it was also my birthday weekend. I was excited. I showed up at the bar, and then all of a sudden we were down like 20, 25 points in the first half, and the game was never even close. Like we were defeated as soon as the, the it was jump ball. And I was afraid – that was the only conclusion in that Tennessee game that I did not want to see happen. I don't want to see the old-time Illinois teams where you can tell just a couple of minutes in, uh, they just don't have it today. And I haven't seen that yet this year. Um, we've competed. Um, I think the group of guys that they have in that locker room are you know there to compete. So I wouldn't dabble in changing anything right now. Uh, I think, you know, obviously, yeah, Ty's got to work on a few things, but – you know, let give him the ball during against Colgate. You know, let him go to work. Just, just if he screws up, he screws up. But like, trust him because again, I still like him. I still like him as a player. I just think he is put into a position by Underwood and the staff that doesn't suit his skill, and uh, you know that's unfortunate for him. I mean, I know we're talking a lot of negatives for a team that's the number 20 team in the country, but that's just kind of the minutia of between like those good 
teams like Illinois and even Tennessee are the number 20 team in the country, the number 17 team in the country versus the top 10, top five uh, things that you want to see to get Illinois to where they want to be at the end of the season. So I'm very happy with how this season has gone so far. I mean, you're seven and two. uh, You've lost a tough game to Marquette with uh, Tyler Kolek and then Dalton Connect. Those two guys are aiming to be first-team All-Americans right now um, alongside Terrence Shannon. So if you lose to those two guys, that's not uh, too bad of a non-conference. Yes, you have a big game against Missouri uh, coming up, and I know you can't overlook Colgate, but if you beat Missouri, I, I kind of wanted like two and two in those big-time matchups uh, in the non-conference before the season if you listen back to our preseason episode. So I, I can't complain too terribly much it's just that next gap between good and great that kind of that Illinois is kind of missing at the moment I just wonder if you know and we talked about this in the preseason I don't know if this team has it to get to the great you know I I think uh unless we develop or unless Domask really takes on that role of that secondary score I think right now you know uh that 15, number 15 in the country, maybe number 13 in the country might be the ceiling for this team. Um, There's just, we're very sound. We're very sound defensively. We're very sound offensively, but there's just some gaping holes on this team that are, that are just too big that unless they're taken care of, uh, will, you know, just kind of be one of those, you know, where we have a good, not great season. Now, Things could change, you know. Obviously, that one game where Moretti played, like he played very, very well, and he played like the point guard that we absolutely are lacking on this team. And I don't think he, he's coming back uh, until at least uh, after the new year. But I mean, if he can provide good point guard minutes for 10, 15 minutes a game, that could kind of change where the trajectory of this team is. Uh, obviously, none of us counted uh, on him uh, to do much, but. And, you know, it might be too tall of a task to live up to that one game that he played. I forget who it was against, but, uh, you know, he could be an X factor. But until we figure out who that secondary scorer is and what we're going to do about, you know, that point guard position, I just think that right now uh, we're kind of playing to our ceiling. Uh, Do we have potential to go higher? Maybe, but, you know, some changes need to be made. I do think if you look at this team in a matchup perspective, if we were playing hypothetical bracketology at the moment, I feel like if Illinois were to play a bunch of like FAUs where they're just great teams where they don't have that individual elite score, I feel like Illinois could run the table to a final four elite eight kind of situation until they meet up with one of those first team all American truly great scores that you're going to have to match and then some uh, to beat. I think that's kind of where Illinois' matchup problems in lie in still. And if Illinois just plays a bunch of great team basketball teams, I think this could be a really magical run in the NCAA tournament. But I don't necessarily think that Illinois will get that lucky in terms of the selection Sunday. I mean, at some point, the luck has to turn around for us, right? Scheduling-wise? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we've been on the wrong end for the last few seasons in a row. At some point, the ball's got to bounce our way. Um, I think, you know, our ceiling is where Shannon's ceiling is. 
You know, if uh, we go as high as he can take take us, you know, if we run into a buzzsaw defense with a bunch of athletes in the tournament that can do something similar to what Tennessee just did, you know, where, where they can just collapse and bottle up Shannon. And then, again, you know, we run into the same problem. I don't know who picks up the scoring. So I think as of right now, the way this team is built, um, where Shannon goes, uh, that's how far Illinois will go in that tournament. Absolutely. I mean, speaking of that second score, you thought it was Marcus Damask. It still very well could be in conference play, but 2 for 11 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Uh, didn't do much on the boards, had uh, two total rebounds, six points, three fouls. Wasn't the banner day for Marcus Damask. I feel like he uh, was trying to do a little bit too much whenever he saw that Terrence Shannon was getting bottlenecked, and I feel like he uh, kind of let the game get to him instead of him attacking the game yeah and a lot of credit goes to Tennessee you know I think Tennessee you know they're very good defensively and uh, they knew what Damask uh, was trying to do and that's basically do exactly what he did against FAU but Tennessee's bigger than FAU and you know they put some bodies on Damask and things just didn't work out that way you know I, I, I still believe in him I still think he could be our second best player on this team, but you know, we're going to, we're going to need him now. You know, most of his good teams are good games have been against the good teams, which is a promising sign. Yeah. He laid an egg against Tennessee, but you know, once big 10 schedule hits, you know, we're going to need his veteran leadership. We're going to need him to, you know, keep the composure. You know, he's one of the reasons like, you know, we don't get blown out against Tennessee, you know, in that raucous environment where the crowd is going insane. The ref is, made a couple of calls that, you know, have gone against you. And all of a sudden some, t- you know, young guys might just get overwhelmed by everything. Damask is one of those leaders on the court that, you know, we're kind of counting on to write the ship. Like, Hey guys, we'll be okay. Just play one possession at a time. Um, but we're going to need him once big 10 uh, schedule uh, enters. Cause you know, not, I mean, I guess outside Purdue and it's not like anyone's really looking all that impressive, I guess, Wisconsin, maybe, but, uh, you know, it's it's still important to you know compete every single night and make Purdue sweat for it uh, by the end of the season. I know we still have three games left in this non-conference, but what kind of grade would you give this Illinois team thus far in the non-conference portion of the schedule? Ignore the Rutgers game, and uh, I know that was a one-off with Big Ten play, but just this non-conference schedule so far. I mean, I would probably say B minus, you know, like, okay. Like, you know, I'm, I'm satisfied, uh, but we didn't win the two games. You know, had we won one of those games, I, I may have possibly considered it an A. But uh, what concerns me is uh, the holes that we talked about earlier, the point guard, danger, and the second score. Those concerns of mine haven't been absolved yet. So... I think right now B minus. If I included Rutgers, I'd give us a solid B because obviously winning a game at the rack is a huge deal uh, for Brad Underwood uh, in his career. But uh, I'm going with B minus. What do you think? I'm going to go with a B. I mean, the fact that you lost by single digits to Marquette and Tennessee, it looked like you belonged on the same court as them at least. Because how many times have we watched the Illinois an Illinois basketball team or an Illinois football team that we thought was pretty decent just get run off the field or run off the court uh the minute that we start 
getting a little hope, getting a little optimism about them. I feel like losing to Kolek and losing to Connect, um, those two guys by single digits, I feel like that's very, very promising. And I would probably add a B plus with that Rutgers uh, win in there at New Jersey. Uh, but I, I just can't be too depressed on how this non-conference has come out because Terrence Shannon Jr. has showcased that he's a bona fide star um, in an Illini basketball uniform, and he just needs that one other piece to show up game to game. It's going to have to be second score by committee at this point, and I know that kind of stinks to hear, but I do feel like Brad Underwood can find lightning in a bottle game to game. Yeah, there could be some woes uh, here against like a random team like Northwestern and Big Ten play that you're like, oh, Illinois is down by six to Northwestern. What happened? Oh, Terrence Shannon had 18 points and had six points in the second half. Like, so I got to be impressed by what this has done, but this could very certainly come to a C if uh, Illinois gets beat by Missouri and if it looks anything like it did last year uh, as well. I was going to follow up your uh, talk right now with saying just that. Like, you and I both completely agree that uh, this game against Missouri is a must win. Um, you know, they're, it's, 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 we've been lifeless the last couple of years, and I haven't been able to figure out why. I know records don't matter in in this sort of game, but you know, my B minus quickly becomes a C if uh, – you know, we lose to Missouri. This is just a game that we need to win. And um, we have the veterans there. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a must win. You know, Colgate, again, is going to be a tougher than people are giving them credit for. They've been to the tournament a couple years in a row now. Um, Farley, Dick, Fairley Dickinson, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. You know, that should be an easy win, but uh, we got to come out of this stretch, you know, at least, I mean, I think we got to win all three. So it, I think if we're 10 and two, Going into the conference uh, conference schedule, I'll be very happy. I mean, this is a team in Missouri that has lost seventy to fifty five to Memphis. They lost to Jackson State seventy three seventy two, and then they lost to Kansas seventy three to sixty four. A team that in Kansas that yes, it was an exhibition that Illinois did defeat, and Illinois hasn't laid that clunker yet like to a Jackson state or to a game in a game like Memphis uh, that could have looked like uh, old Atlanta games against FAU would be that Memphis score that Missouri had. So this is not a, this is not a Missouri team that should scare anybody. Their lead score is Sean East jr. Averaging 17.2 games, 17.2 points per game, 3.7 assists and a 57.3 field goal, field goal percentage. So I, I there's nobody that scares me on this Missouri roster. And as long as Terrence Shannon shows up, maybe Marcus Damask brings some juice uh, to this rivalry because uh, since he's seen it in Southern Illinois, like I, I think this could be a game where Illinois is like, all right, daddy's back. Sorry, Missouri. You're done. You're done. Yeah. It's gotta be a, a double digit win, you know, like really, I know the series is a, you know, one team goes on a stretch of a run of winning, you know, five, six in a row. Then the other one wins three, four in a row. And there's not a lot of back and forth, but it's time to turn the pendulum back around to the Illini side. Uh, our team is clearly better, clearly superior. And, uh, you know, arguably, of course, uh, that was the case the last couple of years as well. But, uh, yeah, this Missouri game is 
probably not as important as you and I think are making it sound it to be, but at least from a fan's perspective, I think it's immensely important uh, just for the rivalry's sake. It's, it's uh, you know, we get this win. Again, then we're going, we're t- a nice solid 10 and 2 going into uh, our Big Ten conference schedule. At 10 and 2, we're probably ranked in the top 15. You know, three wins. We're at 20 now. Three more wins, top 15. We beat uh, Northwestern team. I think that's who we play first in our conference. Yeah, you know, number 22 in the country. Yeah, if we, you know, beat that team, then all of a sudden we're looking at possibly top 10. And then I'm pretty sure we have, uh, is it Purdue then or the Purdue the following game? You know, yeah, so we have Northwestern, Purdue, and then a suddenly stinky Michigan State team. Right. So, you know, let's take care of these next three. Uh, and then, you know, we're potentially setting us uh, ourselves up for a top 10 showdown uh, with the team from West Lafayette, you know, and uh, we got a football game to avenge. One guy that I'm so excited to see in St. Louis is what Coleman Hawkins can bring to this game he's been embarrassed two years in a row last year's kind of when things kind of started to unspiral with matthew meyer with sky clark with everybody just uh um being so combative with each other as an Atlanta basketball team i think coleman hawkins feels like he has something to prove in that game and i can't wait to see what he does with that because this is the kind of game that could make him a lot of money in the nba draft if uh if he just balls out, like we know, we know he has the capability of. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, what games nine days away, um, you know, gives him more time to heal. Cause I do think some of his struggles this year have to do with this injury that, you know, he missed a couple of games for, but you know, you look at his plus minus and, you know, there's arguments on both sides on how much you trust plus minus, but you know, against FAU it was plus 25. It was the highest on the team. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think I agree with you in the sense that uh, – or no, maybe it was Rutgers that was plus 25. But uh, I think I agree with you that this could be the Coleman-Hawkins game. And if Missouri is the Coleman-Hawkins game, I think almost all of the Illini fan base will forgive Coleman for his struggles uh, in the first nine games of the season. Absolutely. Sonny, what a run this non-conference has been. I can't believe we are this far into the season. I mean, it feels like yesterday we were just talking about the fourth game of the Illini football season, and now it's one third of the way through the basketball season. So a lot to look forward to, a lot of questions that need to be answered for this Illini basketball season. Um, but this is going to be a, uh, a fun run coming up with Colgate, Missouri, and then Big Ten season is upon us. Yeah, and uh, Austin and I are going to be trying to churn out as much content as we can on this channel. So we'd love for you to send those uh, thumbs up, the likes, uh, you know, subscriptions. You can find us on all the podcast apps, uh, whichever one is your favorite. Uh, Austin, I'm not sure if you noticed, but our numbers have been going up pretty drastically uh, the last few last couple of weeks. And, you know, we appreciate Appreciate all of you guys for watching. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good run. You know, obviously uh, it slows down a little bit over the next couple of weeks, but, you know, we still have the transfer portal on the football side to talk about. Uh, you know, there's a couple other teams in the conference making some big moves apparently. And so that's something we can also discuss down the road. But either way, you know, we're just going to be spitting out content. 
All Sonny wants for his birthday is subscribers on YouTube. So give him his birthday wish, people. That's it. That's it. That's all I want. Please just hit that subscribe button. Sonny, it was a great episode. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be uh, talking about the transfer portal during finals week and then a back to Illini basketball uh, coming up around Christmas and the new year. Looking forward to it, Austin. All right. This has been the Illini cast as part of the Big Banter Podcast.